Salam Salam from BA. This is a Rorschach Ethiopia update from the 8th of December 2022. A quick summary of what's going down in Ethiopia. It's been almost a month since the federal government and the Tigray People's Liberation Front, or TPLF, decided to end the war for good. Since then, more agreements were signed, both sides pledged to disengage and allow unhindered humanitarian access to war-stricken areas. Media outlets in Tigray revealed last week on Thursday the 1st that the TPLF's armed forces are leaving war fronts in southern Tigray. The Tigray region's neighbor to the south, the northern parts of the Amhara region, have also been ravaged by the war. But the regional government plans on rebuilding and rehabilitating soon at an inauguration event for the rebuild held in the northern Wolo zone, Seyum Mekonen, a top regional government official, said that aside from casualties and associated damages, material worth almost 300 billion burr or 6 billion US dollars has been destroyed. The regional government donated a billion burr or 20 million dollars to the Raya district or Wareda in Amharic, which will be used to build houses, schools, hospitals and other vital services. The peace agreement has a clause on the restoration of essential services. One of those services is Telecom. Ethio Telecom's CEO, Frehiwot Tamiru, said that the company is working on restoring services. She said that the professionals have checked the Shiray core site and fixed an almost 300-kilometer fiber with only 6 kilometers left until it's completely fixed. The core site had been out of service for the past two years. She added that more cities in the Tigray region will have telecom services soon. Ethio Telecom is not the only service provider hard at work to resume services in Tigray. The Ethiopian Electric Utility has also repaired lines and connected Tigray to the national power grid, and according to its northern region employees, 18 cities in Tigray, including capital Mekele, now have electric power. Most parts of Tigray didn't have electric power since June 2022, seven months after the war initially erupted. Even though the situation in Tigray is de-escalating, a lot of innocent civilians are being summarily executed in the eastern Wolega zone of the Oromia region. These attacks, motivated by ethnocentrism, are becoming increasingly brutal and horrific. Enad, an opposition party, issued a statement on the current situation over there. The party urged the government to set up a command post in the area, at least until things are under control. The Ethiopian Human Rights Commission is also concerned with conflicts in the area. The commission issued a statement on Wednesday the 7th, saying that attacks in the area in the past six months have resulted in the grave violation of human rights. The Commission urged federal and regional governments to immediately act and bring forward a lasting solution. 
Ethiopia has a long-running history with neighbor Sudan. Sudan was under military rule for some time, but the military regime has recently struck a deal with civil political parties. Given the strength of the bilateral relations between Ethiopia and Sudan, it was easy to predict that the Ethiopian government would welcome the news. To that end, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs issued a statement on Tuesday the 6th saying that the deal was an important step to a free and fair election. On Friday the 2nd, Sabhat Nega, a former top official of the TPLF, who was detained by the federal government in an operation during the war, sued the federal police at the federal high court. Sabhat Nega said that the federal police have banned him from flying abroad for health treatment. Sabhat's lawyer said that the police's block is unconstitutional and goes against other international agreements which Ethiopia is a signatory of. Recall that Sabat and other top TPLF officials were being investigated in relation to the Tigray war until the charges were dropped because of the government's pardon. Moving on, two weeks ago we told you that the Federal High Court found a housemate guilty of brutally murdering two children and that the court would pronounce the punishment on Monday the 5th of December. To that end, the court has pronounced a death penalty. Her defense attorney argued that because she has no previous crime record, because she was illiterate and because she admitted the crime, the penalty should be mitigated. However, the court did not accept these arguments and asserted the death sentence. The court held that the punishment will deter others from committing such heinous crimes. Next up, the issuing of residence IDs in Addis has been complicated. The city administration has been giving them out on an irregular schedule until it stopped issuing IDs indefinitely. This has led to a lot of complications for residents who need IDs for medical and legal purposes. The city administration revealed on Friday the 2nd that it has started issuing new IDs. However, the administration reiterated that residents must fulfill preconditions and bring with them necessary documents when applying for a new ID. In other news, world-renowned newspaper Financial Times' subsidiary magazine The Banker has recognized Dashen Bank as the best bank in Ethiopia. The award ceremony was held in England and Dashen's CEO, Asfau Alemu, went there to receive the award. This year's win increases the number of times Dashen took home the award to 12. The banker said that progress on the digital banking front set Dashen apart from the other banks. The bank has more than 700 branches throughout the country and its majority shareholder is the richest Ethiopian man, Sheikh Ali Alamudi. On another note, last week we told you about an expired imported milk powder and how the Food and Drugs Authority warned the public not to use it. 
This week, another imported baby formula brand called France Le was in the news. It was circulating on social media that it was not a healthy product. The importing company said that because of this, its business has suffered and that a lot of parents were worried. Turns out this time it was a false alarm as it has been confirmed that the product adheres to international standards and hasn't expired. The reason for the controversy was a mix-up in the barcode information. On Tuesday the 6th of December, the Ministry of Trade and Regional Integration revealed that there will be no change in fuel prices. Aircraft gas prices haven't changed either. The prices will remain the same until early January of next year. About a year ago, the Information Network Security Agency, or INSA, revealed plans to develop a social media platform that can compete with giants Facebook and Twitter, at least in the domestic market. The agency has revealed that it has finished developing the platform. However, the agency's director general, Solomon Soka, said that INCA will not launch the platform until it gets investment from the private sector. The director general said that the software needs a significant infrastructure development investment and that the agency will not cover costs from its own budget. And to close this edition with some sports news, the FIFA World Cup in Qatar has reached the final stages and many in Ethiopia are tuning in to watch the tournament. If you are in Addis and you're wondering where to watch the games with a vibrant atmosphere and cheering fans, the Millennium Hall is the place to be. It is showing the games on a large screen, entrance is free and there's food and drinks. And that's it for this week. Every once in a while we put in event recommendations for the month ahead. Are these useful or should we skip them? If you like them, what kind of stuff do you want to know about? Let us know at ethiopia at Ciao!